Hi there, and God bless you. I'm Brian Hallam. I pray that this message is a blessing to you. Thank you for downloading it, and thank you for following me on Twitter and Instagram and for liking and sharing what we post there. I just want you to know that I believe God wants to do something great in your life and in your family. So as we go into the Word today, let's go in with faith and hope and a high level of expectation for what God is going to do in your life. Good morning, good morning. Hey, before you sit down, say this with me. Say the rest of my life life. will be the best of my life. life. All right, now I want you to say it one more time like you believe it. How many believe your life could get better? About half of you. How many hope it gets better? Here's the thing. Doesn't matter how good it's going for you right now, the rest of your life will be the best of your life. Doesn't matter how bad it's going for you right now, that's the good news is the rest of your life will be the best of your life. Like you really believe it one more time before you sit down. Say the rest of my life will be the best of my life. Now you can be, see, I'm not saying life's going to be perfect. That's not what I, I'm, I'm saying. We all know life's not perfect. Doesn't have to be around long to figure that out. I mean, even the Bible promises us that, right? John 16, 33. In the world, you will have trials, tribulation, distress, frustration. Awesome. Just came to encourage you a little bit today. You're going to go through some things in life. How many have ever, many have ever had some trials and tribulations and distress? How many have ever been on an airplane that hit turbulence? Ever been on an airplane that hit turbulence? Yeah. What would you do when the airplane hit turbulence? Prayed. Jesus held on, buckled up. Did anybody get off the plane? Like right then, like I'm out too much, can't I? No, you can't. You just hold on, you buckle up. You... The same thing in life. How many have ever hit some turbulence in life? Things got a little bumpy in life. What do you do? Same thing. Hold on, buckle up, pray. You don't quit. You can't quit on life. You got you to keep going. And, and I was on a flight the other day with a lady. She'd never flown before. We were talking for a few minutes. She's like, I've never flown before. I'm like, don't worry. I'm on the plane. So we talked for a few minutes. I fell asleep. I fall asleep pretty quick. Within, within five minutes, I'm sound asleep. About 20 minutes in, we hit some turbulence. It started getting a little bumpy, and all of a sudden, I felt her start hitting my leg. She goes, hey, hey, wake up. I'm like, huh? She's like, do something. I was like, what do you, what do you want me to do? She goes, I don't know. Aren't you like a preacher? I was, I'm, I'm like a preacher. I'm not like a pilot, you know? She goes, I don't know. She goes, she goes do something religious. <laughs> So I got up and took an offering. In the world, you're going to have some trials, but be of good cheer. It says right after that, but be of good cheer. You mean I can have a good attitude right in the middle of my negative circuit? That's what it says. It says be of good cheer. One more time. Say the rest of my life. life. Be the best of my life. Now I'm going to get you to say that as much as I can because what you continually hear, you'll eventually believe. I grew up in church. I've been in church my whole life. My dad's a preacher. My grandfather's a preacher. My great-grandfather's a preacher. I'm probably one of the most saved people you'll ever meet. I've been saved a lot. Anybody here grew up in church? Let me see if anybody grew up in church. Okay, a few of you. How many grew up in a church like I did where everything was a sin? Anybody go to that kind of church? Okay, quite a few of you. That's how I grew up. I mean, and they preach every week, the Lord's coming tonight, and he's coming by midnight. I remember laying in bed waiting for midnight. I'd look over to see if my brother was still there. 
My brother, he's pretty safe too because we couldn't play anything growing up. We couldn't play video games. We could, if me and my brother wanted to play, we'd play church. It's the only thing we could play. I'd get up, I'd preach. My brother would go sit in the back where all the sinners sit. And, and, <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'd preach. My brother, he'd come down and get saved. So he'd been saved quite a few times too. And, and I'd, I'd baptize him and, and, until my dad caught us and whipped us. That's what he did. He, we, didn't, we didn't get time out. You know, nowadays, you get time out, you're going to get a time out. You're going to get, only time out we had when he took time out to whip us. That was it. And my dad was very patriotic. I mean, my whole life, he laid stripes. We saw stars. It's just very, very patriotic. That's just kind of how I, I, I grew up. And, and, uh, and, and I, I remember, uh, I mean, I didn't hear about the blessings of God and the good thing like you do around this church. How many are thankful for your church? How many are thankful for your church? We didn't hear that kind of good stuff growing up. I mean, we just had to fight the devil. One day we'd get to heaven, it'd all be over. We'd all, we'd all be okay. But man, God is good. God is for you. Amen. Isn't that good to know? God's for you. He's not against you. Not that life's going to be perfect, but in the middle of it all, you can still be of good cheer. You can still have a good time and laugh a little bit. I mean, my goodness, I enjoy it. Well, the Bible even says laughter is like a medicine. You might think you're laughing at a joke. All of a sudden you get healed. Who knows what'll happen? That's what the Bible says. Laughter is like a medicine. My doctor actually prescribes laughter. He'll say, do this and take these and give me five belly laughs every day. He, he actually says one belly laugh is like five, or is it one, one 30 second belly laugh is like, is like three minutes of aerobic exercise. That's what he said. One, uh, that, he's like five of, that's like 15 minutes on the treadmill. Think about that. Huh. Treadmill, laughter. <laughs> Like, I figured if I laughed my way all the way to the donut shop, <laughs> just all would balance out, wouldn't it? But life was meant to be enjoyed. Life is a gift. I mean, like getting gifts. Like getting gifts, unwrapping gifts. Life is a gift. God picked out this gift just for you. That's why none of us are alike. I can't be you. I can't be, I can't be Pastor Brian. I wish I, could, I wish I could preach as good as him. I mean, he gets up here and gives announcements. I'm like, man, he's anointed just to give announcements. I wish I could preach that good, but I, can't, I could try to be him. But God didn't create me to be him. God created me to be me. I could try to be T.D. Jakes up here. I could try to be Joel Osteen. Amen. <laughs> Every day is a Friday. You know, that's all. I know. But that God didn't create me to be him. The other day someone said, Dave, you and me, man, we are just alike. I said, you know, if you and me are just alike, one of us is unnecessary. <laughs> I'm going with you. Now, none of us are alike. And God picked out this gift just for you. I mean, that's why God didn't go to Sam's or Costco, buy life in bulk, you know, just give us all the same thing. Could you imagine someone giving you a gift and you didn't enjoy it? Could you imagine, have you ever bought a gift for someone? You're like, oh, you're going to love this. I've got this just for you. And you're like, here. And they're like, I'll open it later. You're like, no, no. Now, I want to see your face. I got this just for you. If they just sit on the table, oh, I'll do it later. You'd be, you'd be upset. And that's what a lot of us do. We just, uh, I'll enjoy life later. I'll just try to get through it what I can right now. A couple of Christmases ago, I bought my mother-in-law a gift. Um, for Christmas, I got her a cemetery plot. And, and so I... I <laughs> sorry, it's my mother-in-law. Anyway, um, I didn't get her anything last year. She's a little mad at me. You, know, you didn't give me anything for Christmas this year. I'm like, you didn't use what I got you last year. I, I'm just saying, when you get someone a gift, you know, you want them to, you want them to enjoy it. And so, 
So here's this gift called life. How do we get the most out of it? I'm going to help you do that today. If you got your, your Bible with you, uh, open, it, open it up, and uh, we're going to get right to it. a couple of things. Oh, I, got, I brought a gift for you. Uh, it's not for everybody. How many love your church? How many love your church? Okay. It's for most of you then. Um, you know, the, the Bible talks about um, planting yourself in the house of God. Now, here's one thing I have found in life. Life goes better when you put God first. I don't know if you found that out, but I found life just goes better when you put God first. And one of the ways you do that is by planting yourself in the house of God, planting yourself in a, in, in a church. And so I wrote this book, just gives you seven things you can do to plant yourself. I can't think of any better place to plant yourself than right here at New Heights. At New Heights. And it's got to be easy to love your church. It's, I was thinking with pastors like you have, it's easy to have a heart for the house when you know the house has a heart for you. And I know they want the very best for you. And so, do they already put it up there? Oh, yeah, it's already up there. So, here, here's what I'm going to give you the book. It's, it's an e-book, so you just got to download it. But it's my gift. People say, why are you giving it to us? Main reason is because I was afraid you wouldn't buy it. And, uh, and I want you to read it because it will help you and it will help our church. How many want our church to be better and to flourish? And so, uh, if you want it, just text the word planted. If you text that word planted to 25827, they'll send it right to you. But it's just seven things you can do. Like number one is show up. Look, you did that already. Look, you've already, you can skip chapter one. You know, just because you showed up today, you can walk out those doors and say, Father, I thank you this week. My life's going to flourish. My business is going to flourish. My relationships are going to flourish. My finances are, I'm flourishing because I'm choosing to plant myself. Just showing up, you're planting yourself in the house of God. Find a place to serve, another way to plant yourself. In God's house. Uh, uh, be generous in your giving. There's a lot of ways to plant yourself. They're all in that book. It's just my gift uh, to, to just say thank you because I love what God's doing at your church. And I, I, that gives me just a way to be more of a part of it. Also, my, my wife and son send their greetings. My wife, she's actually preaching in uh, Texas as well this weekend. She's in Brownsville, Texas. And uh, that's them there. My wife's the one on the right. And... Uh, her name's Christine, and we have been happily married now for 16 years, and, uh, and, and so we just had our 21st wedding anniversary uh, last week, and um, <laughs> some of y'all get that later, um, but uh, we had our, our wedding anniversary, she said, she said, honey, you know, today's our anniversary, I said, I know, she said, I had a dream last night, you were going to give me a diamond necklace. She said, what do you think that means? I said, when you open your presence, you'll find out what it means. She was so excited. I gave her a gift. She was ripping into that thing. I, I bought her this book on the meaning of dreams. And uh, I hope that helped her. I had no clue what it meant. But anyway, that's, uh, that, that's her. And then, the, and then the other one, the other one, that's my little boy. His name is Solomon. And uh, how many believe God still does miracles today? How many believe God? How many have ever asked God for something that took him longer than a week to do it? Anybody? Anybody take longer than a year? Yeah. I, eight years we prayed for that little guy. Eight years. And finally, my wife got pregnant. Man, we were so excited. That miracle we've been praying for and believing for. Went in for one of the, the uh, uh, you know, checkups and found out that the baby was actually in her, in her tube. It was a tubal pregnancy in her fallopian tube. And they were going to have to go in and do surgery to remove the baby and and, uh, you know, but we've been praying and believing a long time. So we just, we just continue, continued to stand in faith and, and went in just like they told us to do. 
And, and when they went in for the surgery, they said, someone, it looks like someone's made a mistake here. That your baby's actually in your womb, exactly where he's supposed to be. I don't see any problem. I don't know what we're doing here. They called it a mistake. We just called it a miracle. And, uh, and she went on to carry him for, uh, you know, nine months, came out perfect, no problems. Well, he's, he, got, he was born C-section, you know, but, I mean, you can't even tell from, <laughs> from the pictures. He looks totally normal. So, anyway. I tell people, the only way you can really tell is whenever he leaves the house, he goes through a window. But other than that, he's totally fine. So, anyway, that's... That's my little boy. That's my family, and they send their greetings and say, say hello. Let me show you something here in, in, in the Bible today. You know, we were saying the rest of our year will be the best of our, uh, the rest of our life will be the best of our life. How many like the rest of your year to be the best of your year? I mean, we, we've got a little, a little over five months left this year. How many believe God could do more in the last five months of this year than he did in, in the first, what was it, uh, was that seven months of the year? How many believe God could do that? Yeah, and so I'm like, what would I need to do to make the rest of my year the best of my year? Because I've still got some things I'm believing God to do this year. And I started thinking of how to make the rest of my year great. That's five months, and I, I started getting a little overwhelmed. So I started trying to break it down a little bit, and if I could make it a, a good month or a good week. And then I thought, well, what, well, what, what if I could just have a good day, like a really good day, and repeat that? Just keep repeating that. What if there were some ingredients to a good day that I could put in every one of my days that would make them great. Well, here's what the Bible says about a day. Uh, Psalms 118, you probably heard this before, verses 20, Psalms 118, verse 24 says, This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. When is the day he made? Yeah, today. This is the day. Today is the day that he made. He didn't say yesterday was the day I made. I hope you rejoiced. He didn't say, tomorrow's going to be the day I make. Start making plans now to rejoice. No, he said, this is it. Today is all you've got. Yesterday's over. Can't do anything about it. Tomorrow's not here. All you've got is today. You don't really have a tomorrow. When you get to tomorrow, you're just going to rename it today. So how do I make the most out of today? When you think about it, it took you your entire lifetime to get to today. Think about it. Some of you took you 24 years to get to today. Some of you took you 64 years to get to today. However old you are, it took you that long to get here. Why not make the most out of it? It's taken your entire lifetime to get here. This is the day that the Lord has made. It's your choice. There it is. It's your choice to rejoice. I decided when I got up today, today is going to be a good day. Really, you just decided that. Yep, I decided that when I got up. But, but don't you ever... Don't you ever wake up on the wrong side of the bed? Do you ever wake up grumpy? You know, I say, well, sometimes I wake up grumpy. You know, sometimes I let her sleep. <laughs> but, um, but it's a choice, you know. And, 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 and I, whichever side of the bed I get up on is the right side because it's my choice to rejoice. I like to sing in the shower in the mornings. Now, I'm not the best singer, but in the shower, I'm pretty good. Like, if I could take my shower on the voice, I'd have a chance. But, but you know, so I, I'm in the shower, and I'm in hotels a lot. So you, you can hear right through those walls. So I'm in there, you know, I'll be in the shower singing like this morning. I was like, I sing because I'm happy. And then I hear someone banging on the wall. Hey, shut up over there. But I'm like, it's my choice to rejoice. I like, I, I'm not the best singer, but if I could, I would go through my whole life singing. I just like singing. I just think, anybody ever seen one of those old Elvis movies? 
Let me see if you ever seen an old Elvis movie where he would sing all of his lines. I, I, that's what I, I would do. I just go through. I wanted. I used to want to be an Elvis impersonator. It was. It was a, just a dream. <laughs> but, yeah, I was going to be a Christian one, Pastor, because I'm a Christian. But uh, I was going to rewrite Elvis songs, make them Christian songs, and uh, anyways, just a dream. But uh, I, I, but if I could go through my whole life singing like Elvis, I would. Like the rest of your life will be the best of your life. You know, I would just. I would just but I'd rewritten a bunch of Elvis songs, like, you know, like, since the devil left me. They're, they're Christian versions of the, of the song. Like, I found a new place to dwell. It's down at the end of the golden streets. It's Heaven's Hotel. It's a Christian version. So. I'm feeling so holy, baby. Anyway, they're just, I, I had a few of them. Like, a one for the Father, a two for the Son, a three for the Holy Ghost. Anyway. Um, just, just a dream. But here's the thing. It's your choice to rejoice. Everything's not perfect in my life, but I still have a choice. Even in the middle of the trials and tribulations and distress and frustrations, he says, be of good cheer. How many have to work at being positive? Be honest. You got to work at it a little bit. I, I, I do. I was, I was born a pessimist. I mean, my blood type is even be negative. <laughs> So it's a choice, you know, every, every day. It reminds me of these twins. These twins were born, identical twins, looked exactly alike. Couldn't tell them apart. Uh, the only thing that was alike was, was, was the way they looked. Everything else was completely different. If one was hot, the other one was cold. If the one with the TV is too loud, the other one thought it was too quiet. One was an optimist, one was a pessimist. The, the dad, their birthday came up, and dad thought, I'm going to try a little something with these kids. They're so different. I'm going to just see how they'll respond to something. And so he went in their, their room on the birthday morning, and in the pessimist room, he went in, and he filled his room up with all kind of toys and games and, and just all kind of fun stuff. He went down the hallway to the optimist room, and in his room, he put just a big pile of horse manure. He said, I'm going to see what happens when they wake up. The pessimist woke up. He saw all the gifts and toys and games. He started crying. He said, Dad, this is horrible. I can't believe you did this. I can't believe you got me all this stuff. He said, my friends are going to be so jealous that I got it. He said, half of this stuff needs batteries. It's horrible. The other half has instructions. It's all going to break eventually. I can't believe you did this. Dad couldn't believe it. He went down the hallway to the optimist room. As he got closer to the room, he heard laughing and jumping, and he swung the doors open. Manure was flying everywhere. <laughs> he said, what in the world? He said, what are you so happy about? He said, Dad, with this much manure, there's got to be a pony in here somewhere. <laughs> yeah. It's just all in how you look at it, you know. And, and, and so you have an, a choice every morning when you wake up. Good morning, Lord, or good Lord morning. And you kind of have a choice. So, so what would be the ingredients to make today count, to make today great? Let me give you three things I think will, will help you in making today great. Number one, if you want to make today great, you got to own your day. Number one, you got to own your day. Your day is your responsibility. My day is my responsibility. You can blame other people. How many know someone always blames other people for their problems? How many know anybody? Don't point at them. But, you, uh, you know, it's always someone else. It's the government's fault. It's my parents' fault. It's my boss's fault. It's my wife's fault. It's my kid's fault. You could always blame someone else. But, but to take responsibility, to really own your day. Well, the doctor said, Dave, you need to lose 25 pounds. I'm like, that's the donut's fault. <laughs> but no, my decision yesterday to eat the donut 
got me to the place I am today, 25 pounds overweight. So my decision starting today, well, I'm going to start tomorrow because there's some donuts in pastor's office. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, my choice to eat the donut today got me to the place I am. I can't blame anybody else. I could blame whoever put the donuts in there. I kind of do a little bit. But, um, but, but I have a choice. I have a choice. So I said, you know what? I'm going to exercise. I'm going to start getting up every morning. I'm going to run around the block two or three times. Then I'll put the block back under my bed. But uh, uh, whatever it is that you do, you got you to make the changes. But my, it's my responsibility. I, I was thinking, here, here's the thing. You are not a victim. You're not a, you're, you're not a victim. I, and listen, I know many of life's circumstances may have been hard, may have been difficult. Things happened to you that were beyond your uh, control. Yet you have to learn to master them or else you'll spend your whole life being controlled by your past. I was thinking uh, a few months ago, I was in South Africa and I went to the Robben Island where they kept Nelson Mandela, the great leader from South Africa. Over 25 years of his life, unjustly held him in a prison cell. He came out, I remember a few years back, he passed away and leaders came from all over the world to celebrate his life. And I thought about when, he, when they released him after all those years, he could have came out angry, mad, injustice that was done to him. I'll get them back. I'll show them. Yet he decided to come out and not be held captive by his past, but yet forgive and move on to his future. Went on to uh, uh, win a Nobel Peace Prize and change an entire nation. You have a choice. Now, sometimes you'll find the situations you're in are your own bad decisions. How many have ever made a bad decision? Yeah, and sometimes you'll find out, you know, you ended up there because you made some bad decisions. You made some bad uh, choices. But, but my choices in life determine where I am, whether it's in my health or whether it's in my finances or whether it's in my relationships. You choose. You're, and your choices will make you or they'll, they'll break you. But here's one thing I've learned. The most important factor in life is the most important factor in determining whether or not someone is a happy person is the outlook they choose for themselves. How do you see every day when you wake up? How do you, how do you see the day? Because we all, our whole life is colored by the way we look at people or the circumstances around us. Have you ever noticed how two people can look at the same person and see them completely different? I mean, you see someone, you think one thing, someone else thinks someone, something totally different. Girl, girl brings her boyfriend home to meet her parents. She's so excited. But kids got crazy hair, piercings, tattoos all over. Mom sees them and says, come, honey, come here, come here. He does not look like a very nice young man. That's the way the mom sees it. Daughter sees a completely different. She goes, he's a great young man. My goodness, he's given 200 hours of community service right now. <laughs> it's just all in how you look at it. You know? <laughs> I told that joke. I told that joke a, a while back. This big guy came up after church. He goes, you against tattoos? I was like, I'm not judging anybody. It's just, it's just a joke, you know. He goes, you got any? I said, I don't have any. Personally, I don't have any. You know, you wouldn't put a bumper sticker on a Ferrari, you know. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's just all, it's all, it's all how you look at it, I guess, all how you look at it. But, but if, if you're going to own your day, you're going to own your day, you got to own your words. you got to own your words. How many know your words are powerful? I mean, you think back to the Garden of Eden. Adam was given the, the responsibility of naming every animal what he spoke over those animals. You know, you have the opportunity to name your day. A lot of times we'll name our year. This is going to be a year of favor. This is going to be a year of great expectation. Or I name every day. Today is going to be a day of productivity. 
Today is going to be a day of rest. Today is going to be a day of order. I'm speaking life. When you name your children, you're speaking into their, their life, what, what you call them. All those things are, are powerful. So you got to remember your words are powerful. Life and death, the Bible says. How many believe the Bible? Okay, about half of you. Wouldn't you hate to find out it wasn't true? That'd be horrible, wouldn't it? You ever thought about that? Like, what if God didn't really write all that stuff? Nobody? <laughs> be honest. You won't go to hell. Let me see your hand if you ever want. Did God really write all that stuff? Be honest. Let me see your hand if you've ever wondered. Okay, a couple of honest people. I've wondered. I've been to church my whole life. You think God really wrote all this? There's a lot of stuff in there. You start thinking about it, you know. I started thinking about, though, if God didn't write it, who did? Someone had to have done it. So then you got to start thinking of people you know. Maybe Michael Tony wrote it. I don't, he don't do a whole lot. Then I found that scripture, if you don't work, you don't eat. I knew Uncle Tony didn't write it. I mean, if you start thinking of people you know, you could narrow it down. Maybe my wife wrote it. Submit to your, nope, she didn't write this. How many, be honest, how many of you that wrote the Bible can think of like three things you would not have put in there? <laughs> They're like, eight commandments. Here's what I know. No human being could have ever wrote a standard this high. So if God said it, I'm just crazy enough to believe it. In Proverbs, he said that life and death are in the power of, of my tongue. The, the words I say, that I eat the fruit of the words that I say. If I believe the Bible, that means I've got to be more careful about the words that I'm saying. What am I speaking over my life? And it amazes me how many Christians speak death over the things that should be beneficial to them. This dead-end job's never going to get me anywhere. My spouse never going to change. And we're speaking death over the things that should be beneficial to us. And, and still we should be speaking death over things like cancer and poverty and injustice. And if life and death are in the power of the tongue, the Bible even says that your tongue is like a rudder. You know, the rudder of a ship is what steers the ship. And so if my tongue is like a rudder steering a ship, that means my tongue is steering my life. So I could chart the course of my life by the words I say so I could create a better future by saying better words about my life, my family, my finances, all those things. If you really think about it, we'd start thinking a little more about what we say. Because words, how many have ever said something that hurt somebody? Yeah. Or had someone say something that hurt you? Of course we all have. So we all know the power of, of words. We all know the power of, of, of what that what that is. So be, be careful what you say. A couple have been married 25 years. They're celebrating their anniversary. Went to the same place they went on their honeymoon 25 years earlier. Went to the same hotel. Got the same suite. They were just reminiscing. 25 years they've been together. Some ups and downs, but hey, they were still together. The husband kind of laid his head back in his wife's lap, and she's running her fingers through his hair that night, what he had left, you know, and, and uh, 25 years. He had his glasses on. She took his glasses off. She looked down at him, and she said, you know, Honey, without your glasses on, you look like the man I married 25 years ago. He looked back up at her and he said, you know, honey, without my glasses on. <laughs> all right, all I'm saying is your words are, are, are powerful. You got to own your words. You got to own your words. You got to own your thoughts, your thoughts. It's amazing. That's why the Bible talks to us about renewing our mind. It's important that you renew your mind, your thinking. The Bible says, as a person thinketh, so is he. I never could see myself getting a job like that. Well, don't worry, you won't. As a person thinketh, 
So are they. So our thought life is important. We need to start thinking a little more about our thinking. We've got a, a new book coming out called Mind Your Head. It's all about your head. It's all about your mindset. If you could change, uh, my, my grandpa used to always said, some of you need to check up from the neck up. You've got to get rid of some stinking thinking. Because how many would admit at some point in your life you've held yourself back by your own thinking, your own mindset? And so, so you've got to work on, on, on your thought. All that's part of owning your day, owning your words, owning your thoughts. Number two, second thing. My goodness, that time's going fast. Are y'all getting anything out of this? In the words of Kim Kardashian to her first husband, I won't keep you long. Okay, but um, I got two more points I want, I want you to get. Number two, second thing. The second thing I want you to get. You got to order your day. Number two, order your day. Uh, what, what does that mean, order your day? Order is the accurate arrangement of things. Yesterday we talked a little bit about this if you were at the seminar yesterday afternoon. But you feel good when you put things in order because God is a God of order. Amen. That's why when you straighten up the shoes in your closet, you feel like you can do anything. Why? Because you did a godly thing when you did that. Isn't that amazing? Straighten up your desk. You're doing a godly thing because you're creating order in your life. And God is a God of, of order. So I try to order my day. I try to have a plan for my day. I got to be prepared for my day. Order is, is crucial to getting you where you want to go. So uh, I, I speak about 50% of what I do is in the corporate arena. I speak for a lot of different companies, but I, I, I've spoken for Mary Kay uh, Cosmetics. And in doing that, I studied Mary Kay's life a little bit. And uh, one of the things I, I noticed about her in, in creating success in her life was she created order. Every day she had a plan. She created a plan in the morning. This is how I'm going to accomplish this, what I'm going to accomplish throughout the day. Most of us get up and just kind of go and see what happens. What happens, happens. And we don't have any plan. We don't have any order to get us where we want to go. How many like to be doing better than you're doing right now? Okay. If you're not doing as well as you'd like to be doing, it means there's something you don't know. But if I'm going to get to where I want to go, I've got to have a plan of how to get there or else I'm going to stay where I'm at. You can't leave where you're at until you decide where you'd rather be. A lady wanted me to pray for her. She goes, could you pray for me? I said, I'd be glad to. She goes, I said, what do you need? She goes, I want to get out of debt. I'm believing to get, get out of debt. I said, okay, I'll, I'll be glad to pray for her. I said, how much do you need to get out of debt? She goes, oh, I, I don't know. I, I just need, I need more than I got. I said, I know, but how much more? She goes, I don't know. I just need more. So I just gave her a dollar. Her prayers were answered. <laughs> she just needed more. When I was trying to get out of debt, I could tell you to the exact penny what I needed. I had a plan. Here's where I'm going because you can't leave where you're at until you decide where you'd rather be. And you got to have a plan of how to get there. So, so one thing Mary Kay would do is create order. I, I said, what can I do to create order in my life every day? What's, what's things that I have to do every day? One thing I want to do every day is I want to spend time with God. So in my order for the day, it's, it's time with God. I want to pray. I want to talk to him. I want to hear what he has to say. I got the best business partner anybody could ever have. And so I want to hear what he has to say. He'll tell you. I mean, you're looking to buy a house or a car or whatever. He'll be like, don't go there. Go over there. Don't, that's not the one. That's the one. I mean, if you listen to him, you'll get the best deals. It's amazing what can happen if you just listen. We got a business partner Bill Gates doesn't have. So I want to talk to him. I want to read the Bible. I want to spend some time with him every, every day. Uh, another thing I want to do every day, I, want to, I like to give something every day. I like giving. How many like giving? I like giving. Most of us. How many like to be able to give more than you give right now? Of course we would. Our, our, God created us in his image. And so giving is kind of part of who we are because God was a giver. He loved the world so much that he gave. gave. So giving is just kind of part of, part of who we are. I think as pastor was talking about the summer makeover and all the awesome stuff we're seeing done and, and taking place. How many, how many like you go, hey, pastor, you know what? Uh, 
Put me down for 20000 to help with that. How many would like, like to be able to? It's not a pledge. I'm just asking. Like, how many? People got nervous. They thought I was taking it. They're like, is this an offering? I'm just, I'm just saying, how many How many like to be able to do that? I mean, you see all the awesome stuff happening. You love your church, and, and you want to see it continue to be a place of excellence like God would want. And, and it reminds me of this church got a telephone call. The receptionist answered the phone. The guy said, I'd like to speak to the head hog at the trough. This is say, excuse me, you talking about our pastor? He said, that's what I'm talking about, the head hog at the trough. She said, that's rude. That's our pastor. We love him. We respect him. We don't talk about him. Can I help you with something? He said, yeah, I heard about the new building you guys got. I just, I just wanted to make a $100,000 donation. And the receptionist said, well, hold on. Let me see if Forky's in. <laughs> The more, the more blessed you are, the greater blessing you So I'm always looking for ways to be a, a blessing. The other day, uh, my son and I were at Taco Bell, and uh, we were sitting there in Taco Bell, and I heard the lady next to us uh, planning a birthday party. Her and her little boy were sitting over there planning a birthday party, and, and, uh, and he had a list of 12 friends he wanted to bring to his party. And his mom said, you can bring 10 friends to the party. He said, but I got 12 friends. She said, well, I can't afford enough pizza for 12. I only can afford enough pizza for 10, so you only can bring 10 friends because there's this many pizzas, there's this many slices per pizza. And she's breaking it down for him. He's like 10 years old. He doesn't understand the whole equation, the pizza equation. He just wants all of his friends to come to the party. Well, she's getting upset because I'm sure as a mom, she wants him to be able to have all of his friends there. She just can't afford it, you know? And so she's upset, then he's getting upset. Now they're mad at each other, and I'm sitting right next to him. I'm hearing them all upset about this pizza not having enough and all the number of friends. I'm sitting there thinking, I really should do something. You know, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christ follower. Here's someone in need. And I'm like, what would a good Christian do if they heard about someone with a need like this? And so I, I said, you know what? I'm going I'm to pray for them. <laughs> Isn't that what a good Christian would do? We'll be praying for you. I hope it works out. <laughs> it, you know, it, it's amazing to me how often we pray about situations that God's already given us the ability to solve. I don't need to pray for them. Pray, Lord, Lord, please multiply their pizza like you did the loaves and the fishes. And, and uh, Lord, let one of his friends move away. <laughs> be 11 friends. And let one be a vegetarian. That would give her some wisdom. You know, if you cut those slices smaller, you can get more food. <laughs> I remembered I had $100 in my pocket. I learned a long time ago, when God blesses you, he's got a lot more than you in mind. He blesses you so that you can be a blessing. Just say that. Say, I'm blessed to be a blessing. See, if you remember that, I had a family member said, I'm afraid if I had too much, I'd be greedy. I'm like, that's because you're greedy now. <laughs> like, if you're greedy with 100, you'd be greedy with 100,000. But if you're a giver with 100, think what, the more God blesses you, the greater blessing you can be. I, I think God put giving in the system to cure us from greed. I don't ever worry about becoming greedy. I like giving too much. Every time God bless me, now I can be a greater blessing. So giving is my cure for ever becoming greedy. So I just walked over to the table and said, excuse me, I don't mean to interrupt you guys. I wasn't eavesdropping on your conversation. I was just listening to it. <laughs> and I heard about the party. Look, I, here... Here's $100. Invite those other two friends. Get some more pizza. You guys have a great day. God bless you. And I just turned around and walked away because it wasn't about me. It wasn't like, hey, here's $100. Here's my card. Check out my podcast. 
Follow me on Instagram. Because <laughs> it, it, it wasn't about me. But by the way, if you have Instagram, you should totally follow me on Instagram. <laughs> it's at Dr. Dave Martin. But I just turned around and walked out. She's like looking. I'm like, I'm sure she told her friends, you're not going to believe this. I'm, I was sitting there in Taco Bell. And this big, bald angel came. <laughs> and he had $100. She, I'm blessed to be a blessing. You just remember that. And so I try to give something every day. Here's, I try to learn something every day. I try to learn something. If you want tomorrow, if you were here yesterday, we talked about this. If you want tomorrow to be different than today, learn something today in order to make tomorrow different. If you go into tomorrow with the same information you have today, you won't have it tomorrow. You just have a longer today. So if the rest of this year is going to be different than the first part of the year, you have to learn some things different the rest of this year. So I, I try to learn something I try to learn something every day. Sometimes it's little things. But the Bible tells us how valuable wisdom is. Proverbs 1 verse 5 says a wise man will increase in learning. So the Bible says if you're smart, you'll keep getting smarter. That's why you go to my house. I got 4,000 books. I can't get enough books. There's too much stuff I don't know. Uh, He says in Proverbs 2 that the Lord would grant you a spirit of wisdom. Proverbs 3 says that wisdom is more valuable than silver, more profitable than gold, more precious than Bitcoin. Okay, didn't say that, but, um, but it, it, it says it's, it's, wisdom is valuable, it's more profitable, it, it, it's, and, get, and then Proverbs 4 goes on to say, hey, whatever you do, get wisdom, get it, how do you get it? Well, there, there, here's three ways you can get it, number one, you can get it from mistakes, which is the slowest way to get it, number two, you can get it from mentors, which is the quicker way to get it, get it from someone else's mistakes, I'd much rather get my wisdom from Pastor Brian's mistakes than my own mistakes. That's called mentorship. If I can learn from him, it saved me from having to make the same mistakes. Third way to get wisdom is you can buy it. That's the quickest way. I go to Barnes & Noble. I can't go in there without spending two, 300 bucks. There's too much stuff I don't know. I got I to gotta know. I, I want to I wanna get, get wisdom. And if I get wisdom, Proverbs, it goes on to say that wisdom will protect you. Wisdom will promote you. And it goes on to tell us all the values that wisdom have in our life. Wisdom will promote you. Two friends of mine. I was, I was wondering that. Proverbs 4, verse 8, I think it is. It says, if you value wisdom, honor wisdom, wisdom will bring promotion. I was, I was trying to get an example of that. Two friends of mine were trying to get a promotion. We worked at the same job. And uh, they went down to HR. And they, they said, look, there's a test. Take the test. Whoever gets the best score on the test gets the promotion, basically. So they both took the test. They called them in the next day. And they, they said, hey, guys, we've looked over your test. And and you actually both scored the same thing. You both got the same score on the test. But, you know, we can't give you both the job. We're going to give it to one of you. So, Kenny, we're going to give it to you. Well, Robert was mad. You know, why did he pick him? We scored the same thing. Why did he, why did he get the job? Why didn't they? they said, listen, guys, it really came down to question 46. They said, what was, 40, what was question 46? They said, well, it really wasn't the question. It was your answer that, that made our decision. They said, well, what was our answer? They said, well, Kenny, we gave you the job. Your answer was, I don't know. I said, Robert, you put me either. <laughs> Just a little bit of wisdom can make all the difference in, in, in the world. And, and here's the thing. I, wisdom, really the only problem you'll really ever have in life is a wisdom problem. You don't really have financial problems. You just have wisdom problems. You don't have marriage problems. You just have some wisdom problems. A lot of times you don't have health problems. You just have some wisdom problems. Here's what I've learned. The more wisdom you have, the less miracles you'll need. A lot of people are just sitting around waiting for a miracle. When God's like, I gave you wisdom. If you'd have got the wisdom, you'd have never ended up in the position you were in 
How many have ever made this statement? If I knew back then what I know now. That's what I'm talking about. If I would have known back then, if I would have had the wisdom I needed back then, I'd have never made the decisions that ended me up here. Now I need a miracle from God. So if I got wisdom in the first place, it saved me. Now I believe God does miracles, but it could save me from needing so many just by getting wisdom. Plus it makes life a whole lot easier. Ecclesiastes says that getting wisdom is like sharpening your axe. Uh, it's like sharpening a knife. You know, if you try to cut something with a dull knife, it takes a lot of work. But if you took a little bit of time to sharpen your knife, wouldn't it be a lot easier? Abraham Lincoln said, give me six hours to chop down a tree. I'd spend four hours sharpening my axe. Because he knows the value of being prepared. So wisdom prepares you. It sure makes life a whole lot easier. And so whatever you do, the Bible says, get wisdom. There's wisdom, like I said, for every area. Relationships. How many married people are in here? Any married people? Okay, got a few married people in here. Any, Any single people? Single people? Okay, got some single people. Now, here's the thing. Whether you're married or whether you're single, there's wisdom. There's wisdom for you, married people. How many married people, you and your spouse, are totally different? Let me see your hands. Okay. Most married people. My wife and I, night and day different. She's from New York. I'm from Mississippi. Different. She's a northerner. I'm a southerner. Different. My dad's a preacher. My grandfather's a preacher. Her dad's a heathen. Her grandfather's a heathen. Uh, she grew up wealthy. We grew up poor. So we thought you're supposed to be poor because poor people go to heaven. <laughs> That's what they told us. We did everything we could to stay broke. <laughs> and for Christmas, my parents would give us batteries. You know? <laughs> Toys not included. You know? <laughs> they told us if the ice cream truck was playing music, that meant they were out. <laughs> See, so we had to learn how to work this thing out. We were different. We needed wisdom. We needed wisdom for our relationship. There's wisdom. Uh, single people, there's wisdom. There's everything you need in here. Even single people, there's good pickup lines in the Bible if you need them. That's what I love about the Bible. It's got everything you need, isn't it? Like the other day, I was reading the book of Numbers, and I realized I don't have yours. So it's a Christian pickup line. It's right there. In the... Like your name must be Faith, because you're the substance of things I've hoped for. bunch of them. Hey girl, I think you got one of my ribs. (laughs) So there's there's just everything you need in here. That's what I love about the the Bible study. So 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 get wisdom. Learn learn something. I try to learn something every day. I learn, you know, I I like to sign books. I'm going to tell you about a book I've got back there for those of you that are into wisdom. But I was back signing books and my name's Cheryl. That's Cheryl with a C. Or share with an S. You know, I always learn new ways to spell names. You know, Amy. There's like four ways to spell Amy. So I'm, I'm just saying, there's a new girl at Starbucks the other day. I walked in, she had a little badge on, trainee. I was just messing with her. I'm like, that's funny. You know, your mom named you trainee. <laughs> she looked at me, she said, it's Trinay. <laughs> I had no clue. I had no Always something to learn. Always something. To learn. So whatever you do, get get uh, get wisdom. So all those are part of, of of ordering your day. What is it you want to do today? What is it you want to accomplish today? Get you get get wisdom. Number one. What was number one again? Own your day. Number one is own your day. Number two is order your day. Order your day. Hey, look, they're helping you, cheaters. 
Order your day. Let me give you number three. Then, by, by the way, those of you that like wisdom in your day, I brought a couple of resources that will help you. They bought a bunch of them yesterday. But I, I, brought, uh, um, I, I brought this book. How many have ever made a mistake? Let me see if you ever made a mistake. Okay, shoot. I should have brought a few more of these. <laughs> Didn't realize there's going to be so many of you. Listen, if you've never made a mistake, you probably never made anything. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody has some setbacks. So the, the key is what do you do after the mistake? Uh, I was doing some work with a, a guy by the name of Kobe Bryant. Oh, there, there's the book. It's called Another Shot. But uh, Kobe Bryant had, had set the record for the most missed shots in the history of the NBA, 2014, before he retired. Most missed shots in the history of the NBA. Now, what's amazing is after he set the record for the most missed shots, he came back seven days later and passed up Michael Jordan for the most points scored during his career. So the same guy with the most missed shots passes up one of the greatest players of all time. They asked him how he did it, and that's what he said. He said, I just took another shot. How simple is that? He said, I just got up. And he said, you can't let the fear of failure, the fear of criticism keep you from trying again. Just got to take another shot. That's where I got the name for this book. It's another shot because we've all made some mistakes. Maybe a relationship didn't work out. Maybe a business failed, whatever it may be. But you had to get back up. You had to get back in, in, in the game. And so i talking about the lady on the elevators at the hotel yesterday. This lady got on the elevator. She looked at me. She goes, you know, you look like my third husband. <laughs> I thought about that. Another shot. Talk about another shot, man. Was, I was like, how many times have you been married? And she said twice. But um, anyway, I, I just, anyway, so um, I love what uh, Evander Holyfield, um, the boxer, he, he said, uh, he says, not getting knocked down to make you lose the fight. It's not getting back up. We all get knocked down. And, and, and so I, I, I wanted to read you. I'm not just like I know Evander Holyfield, not a name dropper. I'm just trying to tell you what the five-time heavyweight champion of the world said. About my, my book. Um, seriously, I'm, I'm not trying to drop names. If anything I've learned from spending time with Oprah, it's that um, <laughs> so you shouldn't do that. But uh, anyway, there's a few of these books left back there. If you can only get one thing on the table, don't leave without this book. I promise you it'll be an encouragement to you. It'll be, a, it'll be a help to you. But what I really love about this book is every time you buy one for yourself, which is going to help you, you're also going to help somebody else. Because when you buy a copy of this book, we give a copy to an inmate. Someone in prison gets a copy of this book when you buy a copy of this book. It's not only going to help yourself, you're going to help a lot of other people as well. But uh, another thing I love to do with this book is how many have got someone you've been wanting to invite to church with you? Someone you've been thinking, man, I'd love for them to come with me sometime. This is going to give you a real easy way to do that. And, a, and several people took advantage of it the first service. Uh, books are $20, but you can get two of them for $30. Now, the reason I do that is because the second one, I want you to invest in someone else. Someone you've been wanting to invite to church. Now, don't go in with someone and go, hey, 15 each, we'll grab those books. That's not what that's for. It's for you to give to someone who doesn't come here that you've been wanting to invite. The Bible says your gift will make room for you. So you say, hey, I was at church. I was thinking about you. I grabbed a copy of this book. Here you go. You know what? I'd love for you to come with me sometime. All of a sudden, you give them a book. You got that for me? Well, I, I will come. They say 80% of people would come if you just asked. And now with a gift, you just, you just raise that percentage a little bit higher. Next thing you know, that little investment you made in somebody else, you got them sitting next to you and their whole life has changed uh, because you chose to make a little investment. So uh, there's just a few of these books left. So uh, right outside the door, and I'll be back there to sign books but if you want me to. But, uh, but grab a copy of those. Grab two copies for someone else, and that will be available. Then there's also a couple of these left. 
which I don't have time to tell you all about it, but uh, maybe you were here yesterday and, did, and you heard me talk all about it and get a chance to get it. They bought a bunch of them up yesterday. There's, a, I think, four of them left or something back there it looked like. But uh, this is a whole six months of, of coaching. Uh, that's what I do. I coach people. I help them get where they're going, from where they're at to where they'd want to be. If you'd like to take me home with you for six months and without having to feed me, because trust me, what this costs is way less than feeding me. Um, but uh, you can get this. This is six months of coaching. It's got three of my books. These are, these are USBs. They put them in your computer. You get books, workbooks. How many, how many remember better when you write stuff down? Yeah, so this gives you workbooks. There's videos. This is 90 days uh, of, of videos and workbooks and audios. And this is 30 days. This is a 40-day program. So it's about six months. Plus, I'm giving you two other programs. I'm going to throw those in for free when you purchase this. If you bought it all, if we were at a corporate event, we just sold these two weeks ago uh, for $2,997, $2,997 for all this coaching and all the videos and everything. Don't, they usually come in big boxes. I put them on here for you guys, for church for churches, because church people, they won't ever pay that much money. And, uh, and so I wanted to, just kidding. I want to give you a special favor. No, really, it's because you wouldn't pay it. But, um, but anyway, you can get the whole thing. And, uh, and we'll just spend some time really digging deep into these books. And this, this book, there's a 30-day program goes with this book. You'll get it all for just $300. So it's, it's less than the price of, of one thing normally. And you get all of it and take it home, and we'll, we'll have a lot of fun over the next few months learning and growing. It'd be a great way to finish your year up. A, a coach helps you figure out where to go. And so that's back there to, uh, to be a blessing to you. So invest in, your, in yourself. Let me give you this last one, then I've got to pray for you. Uh, number, number three, occupy your day. Number three is occupy your day. Occupy. What does occupy mean? We heard about it a lot with protesters and... and uh, uh, occupy means to establish or to live in. Don't just be there, be all there. Wherever you're at, be all there. It's like this. It's one thing to watch the parade. It's another thing to join the parade. I, I like to go to parades. I like watching the parade, but I got to be in a parade one time, and I'm like, man, this is a lot more fun being in the parade than just watching the parade. And, and in life, we're looking, we, we just put it in the in the sense of our church right here. You can look at all the awesome things God's doing. You can watch the parade of people giving their heart to Jesus and lives being changed and marriages being restored and healings taken. But you, you can watch it all happen. Or you can join the parade. You can be a part of it. You can plant yourself. Remember that at the beginning we talked about planting yourself. Your life will flourish. How do you plant yourself? By showing up. By finding a place. Get, get involved. First touch team. I mean, there's all kind of Great ways and different things happen. You get involved in. Uh, uh, pray for your pastor and their family. That's another way that you, can, that you can plant yourself here. Be faithful and generous in your giving. Be consistent in your giving. All those are ways to plant yourself, to occupy. Don't just show up. Be a part. Don't just, uh, just be all here. Don't just watch the parade. Join the parade. Be faithful. I, I remember, you know, I grew up learning about tithing offering and, and, and giving, and that was a part of what you did when you were at the church. You know, tithing offering, you better pay your tithe or God will kill you. <laughs> That's just what we learned growing. Anybody grow, go to that kind of church? Anybody go to that church? A couple people, yeah. I mean, they, we went to kids' church. They taught us songs when we were kids, you know. God will take it out of your hide if you don't pay your tithe. You know, uh, <laughs> We were scared, man. The God to us, God was like the godfather of the mafia. Tithe was like protection money. Just 
Give God his money. He won't break your legs. We, we didn't learn the joy of giving like you learn here, and the, the spirit of generosity and part of being a, a part of the vision. To us, it was just all about the money. Can you, get, can you pass the money test? And it, it really, this whole tithing thing we talk about and generosity has nothing to do with money. If you really think about it, I mean, do you think God, how many believe God owns everything? So do you think God needs your money? You think God's pacing heaven going, oh man, I hope Dave tithes. Everyone's going to be coming up here before you know it. And these streets have got to be repaved. And gold these days is just so much more than when I built the place. Angels need new robes. God doesn't, God doesn't need my money. What God needs, it's not a money test at all. What it is, is a trust test. When I tithe, all I'm saying is, God, I trust you. I believe your word. How many believe the Bible? Amen. How many believe God wrote it to help you? Yeah, we all believe he wrote it and we believe he wrote it to help us. But when it comes to this part, I think he's trying to trick us, just get our money. God doesn't need your money. He needs you to trust him. He said, if you'll trust me, I'll open up the windows of heaven over your life and I'll pour out blessings that you don't have room enough to receive. How many want God to open up the windows of heaven over your life? Of course we do. How do you do that? By honoring him with bringing the first of your, of your increase, the first 10%. Tithe means 10th. It's, it's not a Bible word. It's a math word. Just, it's just what it means, 10%. I was teaching this to my little boy. Uh, he got some money for his birthday. He got $50 for his birthday. And so I'm like, okay, buddy, how much belongs to God? He said, it's my birthday money. I said, I know, but it's all your increase. The Bible says, any increase you get. He goes, Dad, I don't have a job. I go, it doesn't matter if you got a job. It's just, it's increase. So if something comes to you, everything you got came from God. I mean, the fact that you woke up this morning, you can breathe is because of him. So to bring a little bit back to him is not a hard thing for me to do because I realize it's all his anyway. So I'm trying to teach this to my little boy. And, and he's like, it's my birthday money. I don't have a job. And I'm like, boy, God's going to kill you if you don't <laughs> I didn't say that. So finally he gave, he, he got it. I explained, he gave us $5. He had, he had 45 left. So a couple of days later we were at lunch and he, he had his 45 left. He goes, hey dad, can I pay for lunch? I was like, that's awesome. He's getting this generosity now. I'm like, yeah, buddy, you can pay for lunch. He's like, okay, let me have your credit card. <laughs> I gave him the credit card. He paid, he paid for lunch. They, they, uh, uh, brought the thing, the bill, and he's like, can I sign it? I'm like, yeah, I'm sure you can find it. You can sign it. So he's like, okay. So he's writing his name. He goes, hey, Dad, what's this, a tip? I go, well, tip's where we give the lady who's been helping us. We give her 20% to thank her for her, her help. He's like, oh. He said, well, Dad, that doesn't make any sense to me. I go, what do you mean it doesn't make any sense? He said, Dad, we've only known her for like an hour. <laughs> he said, you're giving her 20%. He said, we've known God our whole life. You only gave him 10. <laughs> huh. And a lot of people can't even get to do that. But look, he said, if you'll do it, he'll open up the windows of heaven over your life. Not only that, it's not just about money. He'll bring protection. How many want protection for your family? You talk about an insurance policy. When God's watching out for you, that God protects you. I mean, wouldn't you hate to be on vacation, leaving for vacation? You're up in that plane about 35,000 feet. You go, oh, man, I forgot to tithe. <laughs> um, <laughs> He said he would rebuke the devourer for you. I was, I was thinking about that. What does that mean, rebuke the devourer? And I, I started thinking about it, looking at it a little bit. And, and here's a great example I thought. It was in, in our house. We bought a house. They did the inspection on the house. 
And they said, you have an air-conditioned unit out here on the one side of the house. Looks like it's only probably got maybe a year left uh, in it. You're going to have to get a new air-conditioned unit. Okay. And, and I'm faithful. I'm a tither. Didn't think much about it. And, and he never quit working, just kept working. Five years we'd been at the house, and, and we were getting everything checked. Free on, summer was coming, got everything checked. And they said, hey, uh, you got a, an air conditioner on the side of the house. Looks like it's only maybe got a, a year or so left in it, not much left to it. Uh, just wanted to let you know that. I'm like, okay, thank you. And five years earlier, that's what they told me. We, we lived in the house for 10 years. When we sold the house, the thing was still running perfectly. Well, run, didn't have a problem with it, but it only had a year left on it for 10 years. Why? I think God rebukes the devourer. That ice maker keeps working when it shouldn't have, whatever it may be. And, and all that is is putting an increase in your pocket because you're not having to put it out. God is rebuking the devourer that would come and try to take away. And as soon as you make a decision, I'm going to be faithful in this area. Uh, you, you know, the enemy's going to come in and try to, you're going to give you a flat tire or something try to get you, oh, maybe I shouldn't do it. Maybe I, I need that over here. The guy's like, look, if you trust me, I'm going to open up heaven, pour out blessings on you, protect you, rebuke the devourer for your sake. I'm telling you, he, he's just trying to help you. If you believe it, he's just trying to help you. I'd, I'd, if you have never tried it, I'd give it a shot. Someone challenged my wife and I to get to try it. This is, goodness, 20 years ago. We lived in a little government-assisted apartment, and we tried it. We tried it for 90 days. I can tell you 21 years later, we've never quit because God is faithful to do what he said he'd do. I'd encourage you, if you've never tried it, give it a shot. What have you tried it between now and the end of the year? Talk about making the rest of your year the best of your year. There's a principle to try. See if it doesn't make a difference in your finances as you put God first in every area of your life. Let me just pray for you. I'm out of time. Father, I just thank you for your, your word today. I thank you for helping us with some simple principles that we find right there in your word that will help us make the rest of our year the best of our year by making today great, owning our day, ordering our day, occupying our day. Father, more important than anything is that we leave here, that we know our heart and our life is right with you, that we leave here at peace with you. And we talked at the very beginning about living a God-first life. There may be someone here today who's never made a decision to put you first in their life. Well, I don't want to close without giving them an opportunity to say, I'm putting God first in my life. Maybe you're here and you've never made that decision before. I want to give you an opportunity to do that today. Or maybe you're here and you say, at some point, you know, Dave, at one point I did, I did put God first. But, you know, if I'm, if I'm honest, right now God's not first place in my life. Maybe you've allowed a relationship, a job, finance, something to, something to come before that relationship with God. You say, Dave, when I leave here today, I'm ready to put God back where he belongs, back first place in my life. If that's you today and you're either one of those two people with your heads bowed and look across the building just one time, I'm going to count to three. When I count to three, if you're either one of those people, number one, you've never made the decision to put God first in your life. You want to do that today. Or number two, at some point in your life, God was first, but you'd say, Dave, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. He's not first right now, but today I'm ready to put him back. Number one, first place in my life. When you pray that prayer, pray for me. If you're either one of those two people, when I count to three, just real quick, I want you to lift your hand up and say, Dave, when you pray that, pray for me. One, two, three. All across the room, let me see your hand. God bless you. 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 Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, sir. Father, I thank you for these. 
They lifted their hand all across this room from one side to the other in every section. That today say, you know what? I'm making a decision to put God first in my life. Father, I thank you that you don't condemn us, but you do convict us. And you show us areas of our life, things in our heart that may not be pleasing to you. But Father, you said it's as simple as this. If we'd give it to you, you'd remove it as far as the east is from the west. Those that lifted their hand, what they did is they just turned the page to a brand new chapter. A new day begins in their life today. Father, I thank you. You said it's as simple as this. If we would believe in our heart and just say with our mouth that Jesus Christ is our Lord, we'd be saved. I want everyone in the room, everyone just to say those simple words with me. Say, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is, my Lord. is my Lord. You talk about a decision that will make the rest of your life the best of your life. There's no greater decision you could ever make than to put God first, to receive that incredible gift he gave his son Jesus. To say, God, I'm putting you first place in my life. You know, we talked about the book, Another Shot. Another word for another shot could be a comeback. If you lifted your hand today in that, and when we prayed that prayer, I can't think of any greater comeback you could make than to come back right here to New Heights. Come back here every chance you get, every opportunity. Begin to plant yourself and your family right here in, in, this, in this house and watch the difference. Watch the difference it'll make in your life over the next 12 months. See what God will do in your life. Come back and watch God begin to cause your life to flourish as you plant yourself right here. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'll be in the back. Love to say hi to you and, and, and sign your book. As pastor's coming, can we put our hands together for those that made that decision today to put God first? We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. If you'd like more information about Pastor Brian or New Heights Church, visit newheightschurch.info and be sure to follow Pastor Brian on Twitter and Instagram. Until next time, thank you so much for liking and sharing.